The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Chad Young. Hello and welcome to the First Pitch Podcast. As the man said, my name's Chad Young. Welcome to September. Rosters have expanded, and of course, we don't go to 40-man rosters anymore, but there's still a ton of call-ups today. Due to those expanded rosters, can't go through them all, so let's focus on where there might be some interesting fantasy news. In Arizona, Kyle Nelson back in the pen. He's been great this year, and if you need rates but not saves, he's an interesting target. In Atlanta, Orlando Arcia back and could become a playing time factor in a number of positions. Atlanta also activated Mike Soroka from the 60-day IL, but optioned him to AAA. Soroka, who's barely pitched since 2019, has struggled in AAA rehab starts. Not a huge surprise. May need an offseason to really get right. The team also got good news as Ozzy Albee started his rehab assignment Thursday, which brings him one step closer, ending his nearly three-month absence from the club. The Royals added Jesus Aguiar to the roster, signed after the Marlins released him, slotted him into their lineup at DH hitting sixth. He was 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. The Royals also recalled DL Hall. He'll be in their bullpen for the O's this year, although he did not pitch Thursday. Probably means he has limited fantasy value, but the team is looking at him as a starter long term. This is really just a development thing. The Red Sox called up catcher Connor Wong. He's been excellent in AAA, and there's no one on the MLB roster who should really stop him from grabbing a bigger share of the job if he performs. The Cubs got Justin Steele and Adrian Sampson back from the restricted list since they are back from Canada. Both will be ready for their next starts. David Bodie back with the club as well. The Reds called up Spencer Steer, one of the prospects they got in the Tyler Molly deal with Minnesota. Steer's posted high on base numbers with decent power in AAA, leading to an overall excellent season. Plus, he seems lined up to play a super utility role, having played first, second, third, short, and outfield in his brief time with the Cincinnati Org. I really like him in deeper leagues, and I would act now and then cut if the playing time isn't there. Cleveland activated Cody Morris off the IL. He likely isn't a fantasy-relevant pitcher this year, especially coming out of the bullpen, but in dynasty leagues, his next month may make him a popular off-season commodity. Michael Pineda back for the Tigers, lined up to rejoin the rotation in a couple days to face the Royals. He's been awful this year, and I wouldn't take any chances with him yet. Good showing in that start, though, could put him on the streamer radar the rest of the way. I'm betting against it, though. 
Tigers also recalled Spencer Torkelson, who sort of righted the ship at AAA. He was definitely better than he was in MLB, but still not actually very good, just a 100 WRC+, and his K-rate actually went up in the minors. He was not in the lineup on Thursday. The Astros made two pretty fun additions with Hunter Brown joining the bullpen and Yainer Diaz coming on as a third catcher. Diaz has looked like an elite offensive catcher since coming over to Houston in the Miles Straw deal, while Brown has turned a corner this year with the Astros. Very curious how they'll both be used. The value is probably more in the future than the present for both of them. Daniel Mangdon called up by the Royals for his first start of the year and gave up three runs and two and two thirds, allowing five hits, a walk, striking out two. He had been strong in just four MLB innings this year prior to Thursday, but his track record leaves very little to be excited about. The Dodgers activated Clayton Kershaw to start Thursday in New York, also recalled Miguel Vargas. Kershaw went five innings, striking out six, walking three, along with just one run on a hit. Nice to have you back, Clayton. Vargas didn't see the field Thursday, but keep an eye out for him to get playing time because he can be an impact bat if he gets the chance. Dodgers also let us know that Tony Gonsolin's forearm soreness hasn't improved. He will go for an MRI today. Fingers crossed on that one. Milwaukee called up Esteori Ruiz, a key element of the Josh Hader trade. He made a pinch hit appearance going 0 for 1. There's big time speed there, so if he needs stolen bases and he is playing, he's worth a shot. Minnesota activated both Billy Hamilton and Trevor Larnock. Hamilton, I'm sure, is a little more than a pinch runner and defensive replacement, but if he starts at all, you know there's stolen bases to be had. Larnock, meanwhile, has been solid, but not fantasy good for Minnesota this year. I still believe there's a special bat in there. Oswald Peraza, a top Yankees prospect who has been scorching the ball after a slow start, is joining the big club. I can't imagine they called him up to sit, so I'd be going out to grab him if you can. Another guy where you act first and worry about the playing time later. He has 18 home runs and 33 stolen bases so far this year, so yeah, every fantasy manager can use that. By the way, this also made room for Anthony Volpe to step up to AAA. Ken Waldachuk officially up with the A's and made his debut Thursday, going four and two-thirds, allowing one run on five hits to the Nats, striking out six, although he did walk four. He was mostly fastball change and slider just through three curves, and those three pitches he primarily used were really effective versus the Nats, showing the makings of a solid arsenal, including a three-quarters arm angle that must make him just brutal on left-handed hitters. It's unclear how Oakland will use him moving forward, but I am a fan. Pittsburgh brought back Cal Mitchell for another shot at the bigs. Watch to see if he can rein in the Ks, because if he can, there's a solid bat there that can put up 20 homers and 15 steals. The Mariners activated Matthew Boyd and Taylor Trammell. I don't expect Trammell to get a ton of playing time. Boyd probably not fantasy relevant, but it is exciting to see him back with a big league pitching staff. Giants called up Lewis Brinson and David Villar. Villar's had some success, but playing time was hard to come by. We'll see if that changed. He kind of deserves an audition to see what he can do for 2023. Brinson is a potentially special talent. The Giants have a nice history of unlocking talent, so worth watching. Rays called up Jonathan Arando, who's had a tremendous season in AAA, but hasn't really had a clear opportunity in the bigs. That roster is already crowded, so playing time not likely to be plentiful, but hopefully he gets a shot because he definitely deserves it. A couple of injury updates from games on Thursday. Christian Yelich exited the Brewers game Thursday with neck soreness, apparently aggravated on a swing. Craig Council said Yelich may miss a couple days, but no more. Eloy Jimenez also exited early. He left with right leg soreness. He's considered day-to-day. Between him and Luis Robert, the Sox have an immense amount of outfield talent that just cannot stand the field. Final piece of news, Carlos Martinez, the former Cardinals pitcher and current free agent who was suspended 80 games earlier this year for a PED abuse, has now been suspended 85 games for violating the domestic violence, sexual assault, and child abuse policy. That very likely signals the end of his career. 
Game action on Thursday. A.J. Pollock has turned his season around over the last three weeks and didn't let September slow him down. He was two for four with a home run, two runs, two RBIs Thursday. We know he is capable of keeping this up the rest of the way. I'm buying in. Trading away Josh Bell and Juan Soto looks like addition by subtraction the way Joey Manessas is hitting. Well, okay, so I'm sure that's not addition by subtraction. But still, Manessas up to a 1,011 OPS after going four for six Thursday with two runs, four RBIs, including a seventh home run, a walk-off three-run shot. I am not ready to buy in on him long-term, but I would ride this hot streak while you can. Shea Langelier is trying to establish himself as a big league threat. Two for five with a double, a home run, a run, three RBIs Thursday. Bat has been good for a catcher, but has the ability to raise that to just plain good. Much has been made of the Rafael Devers second half. It's been awful, but maybe it was just August. He started September two for five with a couple of doubles, two runs, three RBIs, hopefully the start of his turnaround. Other homers around the game on Thursday, Cedric Mullins hit his 12th, Anthony Santander hit his 24th, Ryan Mountcastle got number 19, Julio Rodriguez and Ty France went back to back, those were their 22nd and 17th respectively, Andrew Vaughn hit his 15th, Alex Verdugo his 8th, Adelise Garcia his 22nd, Austin Riley hit his 33rd, Michael Harris mash number 14, and Christian Walker is up to 31. As for stolen bases, Rubinio Rodor stole his fifth, Gunnar Henderson, the first of his career. Henderson, by the way, playing shortstop Thursday. Cesar Hernandez stole his ninth, Ildemaro Vargas his second, Victor Robles swiped number 14, Trace Thompson stole his third, Francisco Lindor got to 15, Terrence Gore got his first, maybe the greatest pinch runner in MLB history. Leody Tavares swiped his ninth, Bubba Thompson matched that, and Geraldo Perdomo stole his seventh. On the mound, only one place to start, and that is Spencer Strider. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was the Rockies away from course, but he could have been facing a triple-A team, and this would have been impressive. Eight innings, two hits, no walks, and 16 strikeouts. 16 Ks, that's an organization record for Atlanta. I mean, think about that. Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz, Spahn, Necro. This is a club with a long and storied history of great pitchers. And Spencer Strider owns their single-game strikeout record. Incredible. And honestly, when all's said and done, I'm not sure it's going to be a huge surprise. I think he'll rank up there with many of the others in that group. The Guardians haven't been hitting at all, but Kyle Bradish maybe turned a corner. Seven shutout and two hits, but just five strikeouts and three walks. With the Jays next, we'll learn a lot, but he won't be in my lineups. Logan Gilbert had a soft matchup and took full advantage going six shutout against the Tigers, striking out nine, walking one, allowing just two hits and piling up 17 whiffs in the process. His next start should be the White Sox in Seattle, and that's not such a bad one. Merrill Kelly continued his excellent season, shutting out Milwaukee on four hits over seven innings pitch. He struck out seven, didn't issue a walk. Problem here is the D-back schedule gets ugly as they are back and forth between the Padres and Dodgers quite a bit, and uh, I don't trust him that much, certainly not for the Dodgers. Paulo Espino had a nice matchup, also took advantage, going five innings, giving up one run and five hits with six strikeouts against the A's. Solid, but Espino has St. Louis next, and I'm only interested to see that to find out if he can help Albert Pujols get closer to 700. Johnny Cueto lasted just five and a third, which isn't typical for him, but one run on six hits, five strikeouts, zero walks, that is typical for him. Nice job shutting down the Royals. Weird start for Shane Bieber, gave up two home runs in the first and another later, but those were the only three runs he allowed, giving up those three on six hits, striking out 11 and walking just one. All those home runs a little concerning, but it's a pretty positive game for him, I think. 
Rough go for Eduardo Rodriguez, giving up six runs, five of them earned on six hits, two walks over four innings, striking out five. Results had been better than his performance before today, and I'm glad I've stayed away. Brandon Woodruff, super disappointing in what should have been a good matchup, getting hit for five runs on eight hits and five and two-thirds versus Arizona. He struck out just four and walked two. Just nothing good there, and up next is at Coors, and man, I guess I'm going to bench him for that, although I don't think he's broken or anything like that. Out of the bullpens, Felix Bautista walked a guy, struck out two, and finished off his 11th save. A.J. Puck blew his fourth save, allowing an inherent runner to score in the eighth. Then in the 10th, Norhe Ruiz blew another save for the A's, giving up a walk-off to Manessis. Edwin Diaz started the eighth for the Mets, gave up a walk and then a hit-by-pitch and a couple sack flies that allowed a run to score, but did get his fourth hold as Adam Adovino got his third save after him. The Mets clearly going to use Diaz where and when they need him, closer role or no. Jonathan Hernandez has been very good for the Rangers, but blew his first save Thursday, getting just one out before giving up four runs and four hits and three walks to give the Red Sox a walk-off win. And Kenley Jansen came on after Strider's masterpiece and went 1-2-3 for his 31st save. With that, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll move to Friday. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at pitcherlist.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast. Also, don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from YouTube videos, live streams, newsletters, off-season articles, TikToks, breakdowns, over 15 baseball podcasts on our network. We can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season. So sign up for PL Plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free. All right. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. All right, welcome back. To start off our talk about Friday, let's take a look at the weather with our friend Mark Paquette. Thank you very much. Well, the second day of September, and obviously the first Friday in September as we head into the Labor Day holiday weekend, um, will feature one game with some rain around, and that's going to be a National League East matchup between the Marlins and their visiting Atlanta, hosting uh, with the world's defending World Series champions, Braves, hosting the Marlins. Some showers, um, front is nearby. Doesn't look like a all day soaking rain, so I think they'll be able to play, but it's something to keep an eye on. Thank you very much, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Mark. If you're looking for streamers, Dean Kramer still out there in some places, and the A's in Camden, that's a nice situation for him. If you want a riskier but more available play, I do like Daniel Lynch against the Tigers. If you're looking for offenses, the Orioles' offense has been solid, and Gunnar Henderson adds depth to it. I don't think J.P. Sears is as good as he's looked, and so I would buy in on those Orioles. Boston clicked big time on Thursday. Now they get Dallas Keuchel, and I'm all in on that offense today. As for what to watch today, there's a big day in the, probably the most interesting division race left as the Twins and White Sox start a three-game set. Twins could spend the weekend ending the Sox season and retaking first given the Guardians have a tough series with Seattle. While you're watching that, make sure you read the SP Roundup batter's box and reliever ranks on pitcher list. Get some more detail on what happened yesterday and what's coming up today. With that, I'll leave you to enjoy your Friday. I'll be back with you tomorrow. 
This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.